From Chartmetric, this is Rutger with the new episode of How Music Charts, the podcast where we explore the dance between interpreting data and making creative decisions in the music business every day. Today, we'll be sharing our recent analysis of the ways live streaming on Instagram and YouTube affects audience engagement during COVID-19. This is the last of our three-part series, exploring COVID's effects on music. And this time, we're tackling the question at the artist level. Ultimately, we hope the power of data and market-level analysis can bring continued clarity and nuance to the conversation. And most of all, we hope you and your loved ones are staying safe. So, without further ado, let's dive into COVID-19's effect on the global music business, part three, live streaming artists. As always, feel free to follow along with the original article at blog.chartmetric.com. COVID-19's effect on the global music business, part three, live streaming artists. Key takeaways. If streaming and social media follower counts are the deciding factor, then live streams are now officially cool for popular artists, virtually guaranteeing same and or following day increases. Live streams scheduled by artists from their own channels generated significant lift in follower growth. Artists making guest appearances on other artists' live streams also saw meaningful engagement lifts, though perhaps not as substantial as consistent live streamers. Future analyses should monitor premier live stream appearances, like Versus or Quarantine Radio, for a higher rate of daily follower gain beyond a few days after each event to better understand their long-term impact. Once fan behavior adjusts to expect planned live streams, a potential residual effect of consistent live streaming is a reduction in non-live content consumption. Coming out of the woodwork. With most areas of the world instituting some form of enforced or encouraged quarantine, the coronavirus pandemic has inadvertently thrust live streaming into the music industry spotlight. But now that hip-hop titans, pop stars, and metalheads are embracing live streaming full force, a brief nod to live streaming's history might help us better understand how to make sense of COVID-19's new normal. Live streaming's origins are varied. For sports fans, ESPN Sports Zone broadcast the first sports live stream between the MLB's Seattle Mariners and New York Yankees in 1995. For gamers, the moment came in 2011, when Internet Protocol Television, or IPTV, technology became available, allowing Justin Can's Twitch platform to begin operations. For movie buffs, American filmmaker David Blair streamed his indie cult hit film, Wax, or The Discovery of Television Among the Bees, from a VCR player into a digital stream in 1993. That same year, Silicon Valley party band Severe Tire Damage put on the world's first live-streamed music performance, utilizing a technology called M-Bone, which was then used for internet-focused video and audio meetings. In 1994, the band quote-unquote opened for the Rolling Stones, who decided to promote their upcoming pay-per-view concert via the same live-streaming technology, which was open to anyone who knew how to use it. With some of the demanding technological requirements needed, and more importantly, the time and effort required for artists to actually do it, 
It's worth considering what the benefits of live streaming actually are for artists. The raw and revealing medium has been pushed to the forefront on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube, and it's all enough to make your head spin. But if it indeed helps artists build more engaged fan bases during COVID-19, then we're all ears. Methodology. Artists have been leading the way as the focal point in this new era of online performance. To develop a deeper understanding of how this previously ignored tool is evolving today's music industry, we turn to artist-level data. We first identified a range of live streaming artists attempting to include performers of different genres and backgrounds. This was limited by cross-referencing the few artists who had enough of a following to analyze substantial change with those who had begun live streaming on a consistent schedule. This led to a fairly varied group of 12, which included popular stars like Miley Cyrus and Tory Lanez, as well as big catalog names like Metallica. Given the small sample size, this analysis is limited to the case study level, in the hopes that there may be individualized takeaways relevant to your particular sound, roster, or act. We paired some live streaming artists with the comparable non-streaming counterpart, i.e. artists who were of similar genres, but who had not been live streaming on a regular basis themselves, in order to isolate any potential effects of live streaming. For others, we simply compared similar artists who were both active in the medium. We focused primarily on Instagram followers and YouTube subscribers as our metric for long-term fan engagement. With Stream Day Zero representing the first day an artist or their counterpart began live streaming, the negative and positive numbers to the left and right, respectively, show each performance day before and after. Similar to part one and part two of our analysis on COVID-19's effect on the music industry, normalization was the final key. This helped ensure that we accurately transformed the different ranges across each artist's following into a uniform scale where we could reliably compare artists and highlight any intriguing dynamics and trends. Jill Scott versus Erica Badu. Philadelphia-bred Jill Scott the velvet-toned R&B vocalist had no problem swapping songs with her genre-bending sister-in-soul Erica Badu on May 9, 2020, in their Versus livestream battle. The Billboard-coined Love Fest turned the competitive nature of the Swizz Beats and Timbaland-produced livestream series into a vibe where more than 720,000 concurrent Instagram users logged on to hang out with the two icons as they reminisced through their songs, stories, and sipped on beverages. Versus is easily one of the industry's most outstanding livestream success stories, thanks in large part to two production greats having two hip-hop and soul greats on speed dial. And while the livestream series has made a name for itself on the music industry's de facto social media platform, Instagram, it's also had a TikTok account since mid-April. Unsurprisingly, the Versus effect manifested as a 300% increase in streams for both Badu and Scott in just two days. By looking at each artist's Instagram following, we can attempt to indirectly measure the benefit of live streaming in general, albeit through a very elites-only lens. Badu gained 552% more Instagram followers the week after the May 9th versus event, 362,000 after versus 55,000 before, while Scott gained nearly 797%, 485,000 after 
versus 54,000 before. Since Badu has a significantly higher following on Instagram than Scott, 4.6 million versus 2.6 million as of May 17th, it's statistically easier for Scott to get a higher percentage. But either way, it was obviously a huge promotional lift for both parties. Put simply, examining the versus effect for Badu and Scott is a bit like running analysis on whether the sky is blue. It's numbingly obvious that appearing on the series would present an exceedingly easy opportunity for both new fans and old fans to simply visit their respective Instagram profiles and hit follow. Theoretically, this increase in followership guarantees increased exposure for each artist's future releases and, eventually, live shows, once they resume post-quarantine. Knowing the immediate possible benefits, it'd be more helpful to have a little bit more lead time to understand how live streaming affects artists long-term. We have about a two-month runway since the mid-March lockdown, but that's enough to start looking at similar artists who are active on their own live streams versus ones that aren't. Tory Lanes versus Ty Dolla Sign Born Daystar Peterson in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, Tory Lanez rose to fame in 2015 after signing to Interscope's Mad Love Records. Two years later, he found himself nominated for Best R&B Song at the 2017 Grammys, and he's been nominated for a Juno Award every year since for both rap and R&B. Since late March, Lanez has been live-streaming on Instagram through his quarantine radio show, which features mashups, dance competitions, celebrity appearances, and yes, quote, raunchy twerk competitions, end quote, according to CNN. 35-year-old American rapper Tyrone William Griffin Jr., aka Ty Dolla Sign, has been a bit quieter during quarantine. However, in late March, the Grammy-nominated artist did make a quarantine party with B.O.B. appearance on Facebook Live, in addition to participating in Global Citizen's hashtag Together at Home Instagram Live series on March 26th. There's no question that Tory Lane's live stream has helped him go viral, netting him millions of new Instagram followers and setting a record for 360,000 Instagram live viewers on April 9th. He's since released a new mixtape, live-streamed a Tory Lane's social distancing tour on YouTube, launched the Tory Lane's Dream City Fund for COVID-19 relief efforts, and hosted TikTok's hashtag Happy at Home live streaming series, breaking viewership records there too, by the way. At first glance, Instagram follower trends for Tory Lanez and Ty Dolla Sign look rather similar, with a slow start for both artists in March. Interestingly, Ty appears to be experiencing a lift on Tory Lanez's stream day zero, i.e. when we would expect Tory to see an uptick in followers. This is coincidental though, as Ty's guest live streams happen right around this time, while Ty Dolla Sign does appear to benefit from guest live stream appearances, similar to what we'll see with SZA, Tory Lane's follower increase ends up being more dramatic over the next three weeks, reflecting significant viral growth as a result of his quarantine radio antics. It should be noted that even for big stars like Canadian rapper Drake, 66 million Instagram followers, Livestream guest appearances can make an immediate impact on their own channels, 
Drake's March 31st appearance on Lane's Quarantine Radio proved to bring him more than 195,000 new Instagram followers and what appears to be a higher rate of follower gain for nearly a month after the event. This single-day increase was bigger than when his Oprah's Bank account release with Little Yachty and DaBaby on March 8th fueled a 168,000 Instagram follower uptick. Metallica vs. Iron Maiden Lest you think live streaming is just for the young ones, it's just as much for the young ones. American heavy metal paragons Metallica and their British counterparts Iron Maiden may not be what one thinks of when it comes to artists pushing the edges of music technology. But the former have never been a stranger to following digital trends. Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich has always faced tech head-on whether he be its best friend or worst enemy. In Napster's early days, Ulrich was one of its fiercest adversaries, arguing that peer-to-peer sharing of free MP3 music files on the platform was against artists' rights. In 2017, Ulrich took up podcasting with Apple Music's It's Electric, where he interviewed musical greats like Dave Grohl, Tom Morello, and Billy Corgan. Today, Ulrich continues to spearhead the group's familiarity with tech, mostly through hashtag Metallica Mondays, a series that started on YouTube and Facebook on March 24th. For these consistent live streams, Metallica re-air some of their best recorded performances from Paris, Munich, London, and more. Often, a member of the band pops in to say hello to the live group chat, but otherwise, it's a relatively hands-off affair. The live stream's success presumably led to SiriusXM's mandatory Metallica series, which is essentially the same format and occurs on 30 virtual tour dates, but with an exclusive at-home welcome-home DJ session from Ulrich. Metallica's embrace of live streaming seems to be paying off, with a 2.5 times increase in YouTube subscriber gain in the 42 days afterwards. In contrast, Iron Maiden had nearly similar levels, only 1.25 times gain. While there are always other factors involved, it seems fair to say that live streaming increased subscriber engagement for Ulrich and company. Comparing Metallica's YouTube subscribers with Iron Maiden's, you'd be surprised to not see much of a difference at first glance, especially because the latter have been relatively quiet on the live streaming front. Since both acts are making steady gains throughout this time period, it's normal to see both lines increasing from bottom left to top right. But focusing on the space immediately after day zero, when they begin their live streaming activity, you definitely notice a lift in Metallica's YouTube subscriber count, which is where hashtag Metallica Mondays is more active. The lift seems to last a little more than a week, or about nine days, before resuming its natural trend upward. While subscriber count is important for long-term fans, YouTube video views, which include user-generated content, or UGC, are important for YouTube ad revenue. Interestingly, Metallica's content seemed to experience an overall drop around day 25 after they began live streaming in earnest. While this drop could be for several reasons, what may be worth investigating is the cannibalization these very active live streams might introduce. If their fans' habits change because they're anticipating attending the live streams to hang out with other fans and feel like they're a part of something more communal, that may decrease their individual video consumption. 
whether that's a net gain or loss financially, is a royalties and advertising game. But it shouldn't paint live streaming in a negative light if it's encouraging overall engagement. Her versus SZA. Her, aka Gabriella Wilson, is a singular voice in contemporary R&B. At just 22 years old, Wilson has already been nominated for 10 Grammys, winning two in 2019, including Best R&B Performance and Best R&B Album. Having come up through Radio Disney's Next Big Thing broadcast contest at the age of 12, Wilson has never been a stranger to live performance. But she has also never been a stranger to digital performance. So, her transition to live streaming was as fluid as her voice. On April 6th, Wilson launched Girls With Guitars, a live stream series that combines live her performances with casual heartfelt conversation, in addition to fan requests, covers, and guest performances. As she describes it, it's all about girls who are passionate about music and guitars. SZA, who has been nominated for nine Grammy Awards throughout her equally young professional career, is decidedly more hip-hop and neo-soul, but that alt-R&B flair is still there. While SZA, born Solana Imani Rowe on November 8, 1990, hasn't taken to the livestream trend quite as actively as her has, that doesn't mean she hasn't been digitally present. SZA was a featured artist on Childish Gambino's Donald Glover Presents album, which dropped on March 15th. She also participated in the Jersey for Jersey benefit show five weeks later, and has been doing one-off appearances on Instagram Live since then, from Lizzo's meditation and self-care session on April 23rd to Bibi Borelli's society sessions on April 25th. Relatively speaking, hers livestream consistency and SZA's one-off digital appearances seem to be generating linear growth for both artists' Instagram followings, indicating a slight benefit, if attributable at all, for her from day two to day three after starting her livestream series. It mostly seems to maintain the steady influx of followers that she already had prior to livestreaming. There does appear to be a slight lift that happens for SZA around day 18, or April 24th, when she featured on Lizzo's and Bibi Borelli's livestreams. Relatively speaking, at least for these two artists, it seems as though having individual guest appearances on other artists' livestreams gave the bigger boon to audience growth. Or maybe, SZA's entrance into livestreaming just reoriented her follower growth to a trajectory more akin to hers. Diplo vs. DJ Snake Diplo is arguably EDM's most mischievous producer. He's also a third of Major Lazer and a former Philadelphia schoolteacher from Mississippi. With his ever-on social media presence, Diplo, born Thomas Wesley Pence, was one of the first to embrace live digital performance by kicking things off in mid-March with Secular Sabbath on their Corona Sabbath livestream series. The series features the duo performing with other notable acts from what appears to be Diplo's living room. But Diplo hasn't stopped there. He's done everything from A Very Laser Sunday, to The Thomas Wesley Show, to Corona Night Fever, to guest appearances on other artists' live streams, including Charlie XCX's Instagram live series and Miley Cyrus's bright-minded Instagram live stream. And in true Diplo fashion, starting March 25th, he branded his daily live streams on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube as Corona World Tour, 
live from Laser Sound Studios. Algerian French producer DJ Snake, on the other hand, hasn't embraced the live streaming trend quite as openly as peer and frequent collaborator Diplo. Instead, Snake, born William Sammy Etienne Gricassin in Paris, skirts around the digital live performance space, teasing a Skrillex collaboration on Instagram Live at the end of March and releasing coronavirus-related remixes and music videos on YouTube in mid-March and April. Looking at YouTube first, one of the platforms where Diplo simulcasts, his slight drop in YouTube subscriber gain ignores his efforts. He gained just about as many subscribers, 60,000, in the 52 days after he started streaming as before, while DJ Snake also did about the same numbers. But to quote Diplo himself in his April 4th livestream with Dylan Francis, quote, no one looks at my YouTube. My numbers are down, but we're going to come back in the third quarter, though, end quote. So maybe looking at Instagram, we can help understand the bigger picture. Ultimately, the effect on each artist's Instagram following is complicated. For Diplo, his follower trends are generally, if slightly erratically, trending upward from 50 days before he started live streaming to 50 days after he started live streaming. However, he does seem to experience his strongest uptick in the Instagram followers immediately after he starts Corona Sabbath on March 14th. Following that, Diplo's follower growth kind of tapers off, maybe as a result of him hitting a saturation point given his daily digital presence, as well as the increasing competition from other artists turning to streaming as the quarantine lengthens. Luckily for DJ Snake, who has yet to embrace consistent live streaming on his own artist channels, less is more. Up to 25 days before Diplo started live streaming, Snake was seeing a general climb in his Instagram followers, a climb that consistently increased as Diplo's growth started to taper off during the 12 to 50 days after his first live stream date. Charlie XCX vs. Miley Cyrus if there are two pop stars that have really taken the live streaming trend to heart, those pop stars are Charlie XCX and Miley Cyrus. Similar to how we did with Jill Scott and Erica Badu, let's compare when two similar artists both embrace the medium, this time on a continual basis. Charlie's self-isolating Instagram live stream show series, which launched on March 18th, is aimed at providing support to those currently self-isolating due to the pandemic. Her very interactive feedback-welcome approach is quite a breath of fresh air for the genre, with the live stream schedule looking like a syllabus. Vocal coaching session with Tove Lo, personal training session with Diplo, Girls' Night In with Rita Ora, art class with Clyro. Her weekly Zoom panels with journalists, celebrity friends, and superfans are also a lesson in artistic pioneering. Miley Cyrus's daily bright-minded Instagram and YouTube livestream series also launched on March 18th, and it's definitely making use of her Hannah Montana TV background. The series features the rigor of television practices, including an original opening credit theme song, a laptop teleprompter, and animated title cards. Conversations about self-care, staying positive, and caring for others mix with fun segments like the quarantine self-haircut trend, and featured guests like Demi Lovato, Amy Schumer, Haley Bieber, Rita Ora, Jeremy Scott, and Ellen DeGeneres. For context, Charlie's Instagram account has actually been on a bit of a downward trend since mid-January 2020, losing a few hundred followers per day until about mid-February. 
you can see she had a net loss of 4,000 followers in the 48 days prior to streaming, compared to her 26,000 gain afterward. Cyrus also increases her Instagram fan base, clearly on another level in the seven digits. Having said that, it would seem that Charlie XCX's livestream savvy has won her an impressive turnaround within this time period. Trend-wise, Charlie XCX's Instagram follower count increased after her livestreaming started. But that trend burns more slowly than Metallica's more immediate jump in YouTube subscribers. Her dual-platform approach with Zoom calls may have dulled her ability to grow her Instagram following, but Charlie XCX's daily growth has regularly been in the thousands since early May, very likely related to the much-anticipated May 15th release of her How I'm Feeling Now quarantine album, which she's been creating openly with the help of her fans' feedback on these very live streams. You'd think we'd find Cyrus's Instagram follower count showing more of an uptick, considering her level of fame, the disciplined approach she's taken to her show, and her focus on Instagram as her primary platform. But the mathematical truth is her fame is so huge, it's hard to see much of anything, even after normalizing for trends. While Charlie XCX's Instagram follower count is a healthy 3.6 million strong, Miley Cyrus's is roughly 30 times as big at 108 million, rendering any kind of trend virtually impossible to observe. It's a bit like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It doesn't mean it's not there. It's just hidden within the five-figure daily growth Cyrus has been experiencing since at least 2016. Translate that dynamic to graphs, and that's why you see essentially a straight line from the bottom left to the top right. To stream or not to stream. The follow-on effects of the coronavirus pandemic, namely encouraged or enforced quarantine measures, have reverberated throughout the music industry and across all constituency groups, from consumers to creators and everyone in between. And from the few case studies we've been able to analyze, it seems that live streaming can only help an artist's career, whether that's through their own channels or through other artists' channels. With all the extra time artists now have to be creative, it's clear that live streaming isn't a waste of time when it comes to artists looking to engage with their audiences. Anyone previously skeptical about digitization touching every aspect of the music business has likely become a forced convert within the last couple of months, artists included. But there's a major qualification we should make when it comes to the live sector. The live experience isn't going anywhere. It's not that live streams will replace concerts and shows anytime soon. Rather, the live experience will likely become further augmented and perhaps even enriched by the digital experience. The immediacy of a hot packed room or the synchronized stomping of thousands in an open field is not to be ignored. But Facebook's global live stream reach, Twitch's recent meteoric rise to music industry fame, and even artists' application of business conference tool Zoom are not to be ignored either. The live experience is simply expanding, and for the music industry, that means understanding how artists can maintain the same sense of mutual engagement they get from concerts, while leveraging their digital success when the time comes to hop back on stage. That's it for part three of our study on COVID-19's effect on the global music business. You can subscribe to our blog at blog.chartmetric.com to have more insights and analysis delivered to your inbox when we publish. How Music Charts is written and produced by Jason Hoven and Rutger Rosenborg of Chartmetric. 
free Chartmetric accounts are available at chartmetric.com. Article links and show notes are at podcast.chartmetric.com. And more data stories are available every week at blog.chartmetric.com. That's it for Season 2, Episode 13 of How Music Charts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.